0: Outstanding, he got two three in fairness. Like, you know, he he, he ruled the rules. So, I got, got a few points in fairness, Paddy Andrews got a few points, Connie got a few points. All the big men, this all the big men for Dublin, they stood up there They finished like they closed out the game, they got the few points now to finish. They 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 put me out to the sword. know got a free in there to finish the game, was uh, at its mercy, the game was over. Joe McCrillen told me, said lads, there'll be a minute of extra time,
1: 20 meter free, in over the bar, bang, the game is blown up. Do you think if those, uh, maybe if those, if there was that two minutes of extra time, like a lot, a lot can be done in in any match in two minutes if if you if you hold possession and and you know things things fall your way. But I suppose the way things were going, could they have maybe equalized or taken it to a replay or even won it had those two minutes been played? Oh well, yes, they could have, and in fairness, I suppose to the. the, the the
0: thing about it uh, that day, it's coincide is a great thing. It's a great thing that we can look back and judge things and say this and say that. But I mean, they, they must have been kicking themselves. The only score they got from playing in the second half that day was the goal. And in fairness, like what one score from play in the second half won't win you anyhow, other But it'll show you how, I mean, it'll show you, it'll show you like how close they were to this Dublin team and probably they were even a bit better than this Dublin team on the day if, they could, if Luke went away, if they could have closed them out. But unfortunately, luck didn't go their way. Look they didn't get it into the extra time look in fairness look they missed a few wides Dublin missed a few chances this was a very
1: good Mayo side this was a very good Dublin side as well that's it and I suppose you know in all Ireland finals the the, the luck was just with with, uh, Dublin but having said that like when you look at this game you know in future games where where uh, Mayo actually did bring uh, Dublin to an All Ireland final. They obviously learned from from that game, you know, in, in twenty thirteen, because you know there were really, in fairness, in those years, they they were the only team that could get within within a point of Dublin on any occasion, and indeed. I think it was on three occasions brought them to a replay in All Ireland finals. So I mean that that like I suppose I know it's, it's a it's a moral victory in a way that uh, you you know if if you're on that team and yeah it's 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 all very fleeting to say oh yeah well we brought the Dubs to an All Ireland to a replay. But you don't get winners. You don't get winners' medals. You, you don't get medals for bringing a team like Dublin to a replay. So, um, you, you know, So maybe they maybe they would have learned from 2013. And maybe that gave them the steal. But still, like I said earlier on, it was just that, that killer instinct maybe that Dublin had. And I'm not saying that Mayo didn't have it, but they didn't have it to the extent of that maybe Dublin had. But then Dublin had uh, the quality players, maybe... Maybe tactically, it, it, it was uh, that—that's where it was won because it was so uh, in every other aspect of, of that game and indeed other games, it was it was level. It was just that kind of one aspect, or maybe tactically. But are, are the things that maybe if Dublin or if uh, Mayo had done differently, they could have come on, uh, they could have come out on the right side of the um, the right side of the result. Oh, well, they could have come out on the right side of the result. and I remember, I was reading a report in the
0: paper. I remember, and I had the clippings there recently. I remember. That one of the commentators said that All Ireland finals are about winning, and Dublin just did enough to prevail by a single point. It was a, you know, it was it was very tense in the draws and stages that day, look, and Dublin held on, you know, in fairness to win their second All Ireland in three years. But I mean in fairness, like I remember I think when the Dublin Finals said after that the final was the hardest game I ever played in my whole life. I think it was Paul Slynder said that. It was the hardest game. That he ever played in his whole life. I think Mayo look back at that there and and say,
1: "Look, this is one that got away. This was a final." Yeah. Really, by the way. That's it. But maybe the fact that um, you, you know, maybe you know, Dublin winning it in uh, in twenty eleven. You know, you know that that went down to a, a, a what was a, f- a fantastic f- free kick from. Uh, Stephen Cluxton, maybe there was that kind of mental toughness, and uh, maybe that could have came to the fore on the day again. And uh, you know, even though even though Mayo have that mental toughness as well, maybe that, that kind of energy levels. You know, was the key on the day because, in fairness to Mayo, oh, fair play to them They brought them to a, a thing. But you know, I suppose you know a good few players have, have retired now. Obviously, the likes of Andy Moore and uh, Keith Higgins, you know, the O'Shea brothers as well. They're they're not in the squad at the, at the moment, as 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 far as I'm aware. You know, oh, you know, the, one or two players I think went to, to play Aussie rules. You know, these, uh, but but in fairness, even though the, we said the minor team in the last couple of years they haven't really been winning all Ireland, but they've been or, you know they got to, they did well last year I think the, the, you know the kind of final but um, you know there still seem to be um, players coming through the conveyor belt you know and that's uh, that, that seems to be that's a great thing for the future you know and uh, you know, and and then like when you when you look at who Mayo have on the sideline now and uh, the the quality of the backroom staff as well. You know, this is going to be a serious Mayo team in the future. What
0: well, mean? Well, yeah, I mean, hunger breed success, like and In fairness, like Mayo hadn't any success, like since fifty, like Mayo won in 36-50 and fifty one. They have no All Ireland since, and it's a very hard thing to keep coming back to Crow Park, and you know, results not going your way, bad ref decisions, you know players that don't show up on the day, bad scores, bad wides, players getting injured and stuff like that. All the bad luck that Mayo had, they've had it really, in fairness, for the last 20 years. I mean, there wouldn't be anyone who would go to Mayo winning an All-Ireland final, but, you know, in fairness, look, you know, football, look, it's like being a solicitor, you're as good as your last case, like being a racehorse, you're as good as your last race, being a footballer, you're as good as your last game. Mayo will just have to come back again this year, look, dust off the cobwebs, trying to go through, kind of, trying to get out there at the crow path, trying to find a few players. But the big question is, have Mayo got the side this year that can go to the to All ireland final? They have a great resilience, Mayo. They keep coming back. They're like a team. They just keep coming back from the dead. Mm. When Mayo, when you write off Mayo at your peril, I've often seen Pat Spillan writing them off there on television. They, 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 they don't know how to say it. They don't know how to lie down. This is a great thing about Mayo football in the last number of years. They keep coming back for more.
1: That's it, and uh, you know that that just goes. That's a testament to them. But I suppose, really, when you look at it, this season now for for Dublin, obviously they're in Division Two now, an unusual, unusual, uncharted uh, territory for them. You know, you have to. It's, it's going to be tough for the other teams when you consider the quality that Dublin have um, <clears throat> with the return of the players. I was just after saying, but um, you know, it is kind of a a key season for them um, this season as well, isn't it? This is a make-or-break season for Dublin. In fairness,
0: it, it took Kerry all to beat them last year with a Sean O'Shea uh, pointed in there to finish. Dublin were missing some key players that day, like the likes of, of Connor Callum. But in fairness, this is a make-or-break a make or season for Dublin, in fairness. like you I mean, Dublin will put a, a team together this year. They'll have a couple of players coming back. They'll go to Linster. They'll probably win, run away with Division 2. No disrespect to any other teams in Division 2, they'll probably run away with Division 2. They'll probably go through Linster. They'll come out into Crowe Park into their home patch and they'll be difficult enough to beat there. No one, no one would like to meet Dublin in Crowe Park, to tell you the truth.
1: I, like, there is a key factor in there that, that remember that Dublin... Dublin are without their they are without their uh, chemical Crokes contingent as well, and there's a lot of very talented teams in that in in that team as well, um, that have still to come back. So I mean, <clears throat> kind of like last year, it'll probably be late, later on in the national league. Um, so you know, to be able to do it without them, but they still have uh, they still have great strength and depth. So that shouldn't be that shouldn't be too bad. But yeah, a well deserved well deserved win on the day, I suppose for. Um, for Dublin but of course you know they, they, they well deserve but um, you know they, they they had to it's only because Dublin or Mayo didn't make it easy for them and uh, so um, I suppose as we do every week we, we uh, discuss the, the uh, 20 we discuss the 2013 all-star team uh, of the year the football team for that year yes and in goals getting his fifth
0: all-star that day was Stephen Clucks then. At number two, getting his first All-Star from Manning was Colin Welch. At number three was Rory O'Call from Dublin getting his first All-Star. At number four was Keith Higgins. He got his second All-Star that day. At five, getting his second All-Star was Lee Keegan from Mayo. At six, receiving his first All-Star that day was Keane Sullivan from Dublin. At seven that day from Mayo getting his first All-Star was Colin Boyle. At eight, who was fantastic at centre-field that year, he got his second All-Star, Michael Downer McCauley. At nine, the man himself from Mayo, No. O'Shea, got his first all-star that day. At ten, Paul Flint got his third all star that day. At eleven, getting his eighth all-star that day, the red haired man from out, Shanavoli Colin him Cooper. At nine, getting his his fifth all-star that day was Sean Kavner. Sorry, yeah, at um at tw- eleven Sean Kavner, sorry. At twelve getting his first All-Star that year. He was third of the year the following year, was James O'Dunhoe. Um Ronald Brogan got his second All Star that day, and at number 15, Conor McMahon got his first All Star that day for Manhattan. So the All Stars that year, in, Dublin got six, Mayo got four, Manning got two, Terry got two, and Tyrone got one. So looking back to them, with Stephen Cluxton, Conor Welch, Roy O'Carroll, Keith Higgins, Lee Keegan, Keno O'Sullivan, Colum Boyle, Michael Dara McCauley, Aid O'Shea, Paul Finn, Colin Cooper, Sean Kavanagh, James O'Donohue. John O'Brien and Conor McManus. These are all
1: stars for 2013, and all, all of them well deserved. So, listen, thanks very much for taking the time out to do all Ireland J. Memories for us this week, and we look forward to doing a looking ahead to the 2014 All Ireland Senior Football Final, and uh, what a cracker that was as well.
0: Yes, indeed, it's one that we don't forget. How going carries the 2014 All Ireland Final as we take on Donegal.
1: That's it. So we'll talk about that that next week. So, and that was um that was Tommy Dowling, RJ expert. Hello everyone, how are you doing? You're very welcome to this week's Rugby View with myself Aidan Raftery. and of course as always we've Adrian Lady from Craig's Rugby Club. Hello Adrian,
2: how are you? Are you well? good afternoon, good afternoon Aiden. All good with me.
1: That's great, that's great. And uh, of course there's great excitement in the club and uh, we'd we'll be discussing their uh, Craig's uh, first team's uh, first team appearance in the uh, you know the the chance to do the double we'd we'll be we'd we'll be talking about that later on but uh, I suppose we'll start off as at, at Underage with the um, with the mini rugby still going strong as always, isn't it great to see the the kids' the level of interest? You know, both in training and, of course, the blitzes that are going on all around all around Connacht.
2: Yeah, absolutely, uh, Aiden. Um, you know, the, these blitzes seem to have taken a life of their own. They're very popular. Uh, they're they're very popular with a lot of teams, and that they are coming to uh, the hosting clubs. And uh, you know it's it's great for the uh, the the club. It's great for the all the, all the players involved, for both boys and girls. And and you know they're they're showing a great interest in it. And you know you get a great turnout of uh, parents uh, to see them playing as well. So everyone wants to see their Johnny or Mary out there playing playing rugby on a Saturday morning. So um, it has you know it it has to, as I say taken life of its own. And again, uh, this weekend, uh, um, the Craig's are hosting a major um, uh, blitz. uh, uh, And uh, this weekend, it's the under-11 blitz for Connett that they're they're hosting in Craig's. So that's another major day uh, in Craig's. And let's hope that the elements that we had during the week of the amount of rain that we're able to host it on, on all the grass pitches as well.
1: That's it, and it goes to show you, you know, over the years, how far uh, Craig's Rugby Club have come in their development and their, their wonderful facilities, you know, the new gym and the dress rooms and everything. It's all, its really is, I mean, like this time 10 years ago, could you have foreseen how the, how well the club has developed?
2: Well, you see, no. Uh, any, any of us can remember that we had only one pitch and uh, 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 a training pitch now we we have four uh, pitches uh, which includes the 4G pitch, uh, and which means that we have no difficulty in in hosting major blitzes and you know you can spread players out that they're you can send uh, you know certain groups to certain places and you know and send them off with the coaches and so on so they're not mixing and you can keep them all together which is which is great when you're dealing with a whole lot of of young uh, boys and girls from various clubs. That they they know exactly uh, the pitches that they're playing on and so on.
1: That's great. It's great to see. And uh, yeah, just so just moving on then to the under under structure there, the bo- the boys and the girls. And I see the under eighteen girls uh, squad defeated Robe in the cup last weekend. That's a uh, that's that's great to see. The girls, the girls are doing well at all the underage grades, aren't they? Really,
2: they are indeed. Yeah, like as I said, uh, you know, like for. Uh, it's it's young in the club, it's in its infancy really and uh, to see us going at under-14s, under-16s, under-18s and ha- have that amount of girls uh, uh, playing in the game and to see that we have you know, got so many girls from the under-18s on to the uh, uh, to the Connors squad and that we have also got three uh, girls onto the international squad, so it's great, like for for the the coaches, uh, for their parents and all that. The that the girls are are doing so well. So they, they're out again uh, uh, this weekend. The under eighteen girls, uh, they they play Sligo in, in 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 the cup on Friday evening at seven o'clock. So you know it's 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 all go for for these these girls and um, again like with the success and uh, no more than. Um, it it happened in the schools. Like it's great to have it uh, girls rugby going in the convent as well.
1: That's it. And, uh, well done to the convent as well. It's great to uh, it's great to see that. And I suppose with the advent of um, you know when, when you see now how well the Ireland have we we'll, we'll be touching on it there. Ireland won well, the the Six Nations, well, the Grand Slam, and the. Um, <laughs> and the Six Nations and the, the uh the Triple Crown and that. And of course with Dennis Buckley and a lot of things happening in Connacht, it has really it has really inspired a lot of young kids. And with with these kids now the likes of the under eighteen, like we just said there and the other underage teams and the girls and the boys indeed. Um, you know, but the, the with the girls now with all those girls coming through, um, you know, what once you uh, you have plans of getting um a, gar- a ladies, a women's team together at adult level, you know. So the 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 structure will certainly be there when that happens with the the, the girls coming through.
2: Oh, absolutely! You see, like when when you have it, uh, as you rightly saying that when we had the girls' team uh, previously, in uh, we hadn't that structure in place, and uh, we we just uh, we started at the top in in having a senior team, and then uh, we had no other age structure, or, and then when Girls fell off or got injured. We hadn't replacements coming coming along, so that's why it, it fell away. So this this time we're doing it the other way around, starting from bottom up. And you would hope that the majority of these under eighteen girls uh, and the poor uh, the pooly girls is there at the moment. That they will continue, uh, uh, as you say, and uh, play play adult rugby, play senior rugby. And, um, you know, again. Uh, God only knows that they could end up uh, playing for Canada or playing for Ireland. Like I said, uh, they the internationals, the international start for the senior women this weekend. They're they're away to to uh, to Wales, so you know that that's what what they have to aim for. And you know the the boys, you know in Craig's uh, are doing very well at under sixteen, under fourteen level, at thirteen. Uh, so again, they were a, a lot on this weekend that the the boys are. Uh, this Saturday are at, at home to Sligo. Uh, the under-14, 14, under 14 boys and the, the under-14 girls are at at home to uh, Westport. And then the other 13 boys travel to Westport on, on on Sunday for a replay. It ended it ended seven seven all last weekend in Craig. So they have another outing and have to go to, have to go to Westport this weekend.
1: That's it. But it, it, it's great to see, you know, at this stage of the, you know this stage of the season, there's still great activity going on, uh, going down in the club with all the various teams, which is great, both at underage level and indeed at level, which we're going to touch on in a second. So it's, it's great to see it, especially at underage level. And, you know, as they go through the underage structure from under 12s upwards, it, it's great to see the improvement that the players are going through. Not the improvement, but I mean, the development of the skills and, uh, all that as they go through the different grades
2: like uh, the, the 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 biggest percentage of the current uh, uh, junior players uh, that will be playing that will be playing on Sunday in the sports ground have, have come through that structure they have come through the structure within their, their schools and, and also have come through it uh, within the club and they, as you rightly say they have learned the skills of the game and it it has improved them and you know the the standard of rugby overall in 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 Connet has has improved enormously uh, as as a, as a result of of it being played in schools and uh, being played at underage and youth level uh, within within clubs and you know it's 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 a bright future there for um, for 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 rugby and you know as long as uh, um, uh, people. Uh, continues. Now, they, 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 there is there is a difference uh, uh, that a lot of playing careers, uh, uh, players don't last in the game as long. I suppose maybe uh, commitments, uh, work commitments, family commitments. Uh, that most players are nearly all under thirty now. In fact, uh, most of the Craig's first team are currently under twenty-five. So, uh, again, you have them. For from the 18 to the 25 age group, there to 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 put them into a senior senior level, and it's a faster game, it's a quicker game. Um, this is the type of game that uh, Craig's uh, likes to play, and I suppose the the 4G pitch has helped that enormously. So we're we're really looking forward to to, to this Sunday. Um, the Craig's are out in the Junior Cup final. In, in the sports ground at three fifteen pm on Sunday, and we'll be looking for all the support uh, the, for the team again. Uh, we have great support uh, the, when we played in the uh, the junior league final, and we h- hope that the same support and more will uh, turn out um, di- this Sunday. So, again, the, a lot of work has gone into the team, the great the coaches, the management, um, they you know the they, they're. Uh, a good team, but they are coming up against uh, a formal uh, team in Westport. Uh, Westport uh, knocked them out of the uh, Cali Cup uh, in the semi- at the semi-final stage, and um, they also uh, ran us tight in the in the league uh, when we played them uh, down down in Westport in Carlow. In, in in Westport, so you know they they are going to be a difficult. They're a, they're a very strong pack, and um, you know Craig's will have to uh, continue to. Play the type of rugby that they do, and play uh, wide rugby. But in order to do that, you you need the ball, and hopefully they can dominate enough in the forwards to get the the, the ball out to out to the backs on on Sunday. We're we're hoping that again the sports ground is a good big open pitch, and hopefully that we can get a, a good day for uh for for rugby. And do you feel that maybe you know the openness and
1: the. You know the the size of the pitch that the sports grounds is that 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 maybe suits their style of play, the Craig style of play more so than than Westport's, even though Westport are a good side.
2: Yeah, it it it, uh, it will it will indeed. Uh, like let's just say um, that you know there's no room for mistakes in in the sports ground. Uh, it's like when you bring a horse to Cheltenham or that there, you need to have a good horse uh, to 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 run in Cheltenham. The same in in the in the sports ground. That they big open space. If you make a if you make a mistake um, uh, out in the backstay, you can be punished uh, severely because, on account of the open spaces. So, uh, Craig, it, it's Craig's um, did take advantage of that against uh, Connemara, and if they play with the same commitment and uh, as they did against Connemara in the league final, uh, I have no doubt that they uh, they will uh, come away with another cup. This would be. Our third cup that we're looking for. Let's like see, the uh, first team won the won the, the junior league. The second team won the junior cup. So we're we're really looking forward to <coughs> taking taking another trophy out of the, out of, the, kind of trophy out of this. That's it. And I suppose moving on now to uh,
1: to AIL level, and we'll start off with uh,
2: Buccaneers. What's the latest? Yeah, Buccaneers. Yeah, Buccaneers. Uh, uh, you know, uh, slipped up there in in the last few games, uh, both in the AIL and in the Bateman Cup. So they have put themselves in a in you know a little bit of a difficult situation if they were to get in promotion. So they have a a very big game uh, this weekend against uh, Highfield. High, Highfield, um, they, uh, good. Uh, uh, team from Cork, but like Buccaneers, uh, should be able to, uh, uh, to you know, um, take the points away from them. Uh, see, seeing that they have a home venue, and uh, Buccaneers are hard to hard to beat on their on their home turf. So, uh, again, you know, it's an important one for for Buccaneers and for the club.
1: That's it, and I suppose uh, you know it's great to see that. And of course, the under twenties are going strong as well, and that's. Um, that's managed by Niall Quinn, which is great. Uh, another another Craig's man. <laughs> and of course, like when you see the quality of the uh, the manager that, that Buccaneers have, it's no, it's um, you you know, it's it's uh, it's a good future for Buccaneers at the moment. It'll be a good future for them.
2: Well, Eddie O'Sullivan is in there to do a job, and the job he has got is to get them further promotion within the club. And you know, like you you do like to see. That, that it does lift, um, once a first team is doing well, you would think that it would lift the rest of the teams within the club. And, you know, Buccaneers are doing well at underage level as well and at youth level. So, you know, we, we have come up against them and probably we come up against them in some of the finals uh, 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 this year before, this season before it's out as well. So, uh, you know, that that's the healthy neighbourly contact that we have with Buccaneers.
1: That's it uh, moving on to uh moving on to uh but to carrick uh carrick Ruby club as well what's going on in uh, carrick robbie club
2: yeah carrick uh again carrick uh ha- have uh they're still involved in a number of, of underage uh, competitions and uh, doing very well and they're still uh this weekend uh this Sunday, they're supposed to travel to play lare uh for promotion um uh to the they, um, to the next uh, level within college So again, it's a bit going to be a big game uh, for for Carrick and Shannon, and uh, hopefully that they, you know that the game uh, this weekend will go ahead for 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 for, Car- for Carrick. And you know Carrick Carrick has been um, improving uh, all the time. They they have got it. A new structure in place um, uh, for underage, and they uh, have got into the local schools as well, which which has helped them enormously. Uh, this is something that they have been waiting for for some time. Now there is like a lot of clubs, there there have comp- competition from a lot of other sports, and from losing maybe some of their top players uh, to uh, to Sligo and to Langford and to other clubs. So that's the you know the. The difficulty that some smaller clubs have, and let's hope that they can build and uh, build a structure good enough to be able to hold on to to other top players.
1: And finally, we move on to Sligo. What's going on in Sligo?
2: Well, Sligo uh, are on a high after after yesterday or after uh, the the game against uh, against the Maris College. The Sligo Grammar uh, won uh, the the college schools final. And uh, again, uh, they won it well in the, in in the end. Uh, they dominated Marist in the in the second half. The first half was very close. Uh, Sligo Grammar came back, and you know, uh, won it, won out well in in the in the second half. And you know, I want to congratulate them, and I want to congratulate the who's a great Craig's man and played for Craig's for for years. The head coach James Gavin. Uh, he's done. He's done great, great work with them there. So over over the years. So like uh, the Sligo themselves uh, have, you know, benefited from the two schools doing so well. Both in the Sligo Grammar and Summerhill uh, for, te- for their own team. For their own team this year. This this time they they're doing. Uh, Reasonable in the in the IL, they're about mid-table. And this weekend they have the the long trail up to up to Derry to play all um, boys. So, you know, it's a long trip for Sligo, and Reaney has been going reasonably well. So that will be a big fixture for them. But again, they're you know their their structure as well. Their their senior ladies lost out in the All Ireland Junior Cup to uh, uh last weekend, and. Um, they're still in a lot of the um, under-age competitions and youth competitions uh, still. So, you know, a lot, play, a lot to play for. Um, needless to say, they, you know, we'll be welcoming them uh, to, to to Craig's on Friday evening. They're under 18 girls, but we hope we'll be sending them back disappointed girls to Sligo. That's it. it, it it's going to be
1: interesting. And I suppose we we move on to Connacht now as well both the uh, I suppose the underage structure and the first team. But uh, I suppose we were saying about the the talent and and uh, the improvement of of um, of rugby in Connacht. So I suppose when, when you see where the um, where where Connacht are at the moment, kind of putting in good performances, but just not getting um, just not kind of getting the results. And they do get some good results here and there. But you know when, when you see these players now coming through, and uh, you know with the structures in place and everything. You know that the future is bright for for Connacht, for this Connacht team, isn't it?
2: Oh, absolutely! And you know it's all about growing your own talent, and uh, you'd be hoping that the you know that the structures are in place there, you know, at, at interprovincial level, at youth level, there to bring on these players, and then that they will uh, make it into the Connacht academy and get enough of rugby there to. Improve and to go on and make a and make a career, <coughs> make a career for themselves. Um, you know, it's a great opportunity for a lot of young lads to uh, get into the professional game. And you know, it's it's a tough game, but at the same time, it's uh, very very rewarding uh, there. So th- this um, this Saturday at three o'clock in the sports ground, um, uh, they um, kind of take on Edinburgh. Uh, it's a number of weeks now since uh, Connaught had a game, and um, particularly since they had a home game. Uh, so there should be a good turnout for the game against Edinburgh. And it's an important one, too, Aidan, um, for the simple reason uh, that you have to, um, you know, Connaught have to win their games now if, the, if they are to get into uh, and remain within the top eight um, so that they can get into the Champions Cup uh, for next season. That's what it's all about. That's where the money is. That's where the the team has to be. So let's hope they can get the the win over Edinburgh um, uh, this weekend. And they have one more uh, they have one more game at home against Cardiff uh, before the end of the season in the uh, in 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 the in the urban <coughs> in the URC. So uh, we wait and see how how uh, it goes. Uh, on 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 Saturday and uh, you know I'd like to think that you, you know what the point they're making there that their consistency uh they're a bit up and down over the season, and let's hope they can put a string of games together that won the last number of games so in the in 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 the competition, so let's hope they can continue to do that Aiden. and uh, it will be very important to come in strong at the beginning of the season now unfortunately. I'm told um, in the, to the grapevine that two of our local players here are still out injured um, in Dennis Buckley and Jack Carty. So that will be uh, a big loss to them if they don't make the the, the team on Saturday. But I, I think the Saturday's game is coming a bit too early for for uh, both of them. So That's let's let's, hope, let's let's hope that the two of them will be back uh, for the for the the main games before the end of the season.
1: That's it, and I suppose really, you know, now with the with the Six Nations, we'll be touching on on that in a second. Obviously, um, you know, the players will obviously be returning to their provinces and that, which which is kind of more timely, I suppose, for Connacht, even though there's only a few games left for them. Maybe you, you know they can still get something out of the season. Uh, you know, Bundee will be a huge uh, will, will be great to see back, and a, a number of other number of the other. Connacht uh, players that are in are in in the Ireland squad, maybe it's I suppose it's a pity for um for Connacht for that it wasn't maybe the Six Nations wasn't finished sooner that they could have them maybe for the Edinburgh game because I suppose with the Six Nations only being last week it's a bit soon to maybe bring them in for the Edinburgh game.
2: You know uh, they're they're going to be held over for the the away trip to, uh, to the final weekend to uh, Treviso uh for for the in the European Cup. That's the that will be the, their first game back. So you you will have uh the you will you will have uh, uh Boniaki, uh Hansen, um Pindergas and, and all available to you and maybe Pindegas will be uh, released uh, to uh play uh, actually this this um, uh Saturday. So Hopefully, you know, with them all, Finlay Beelan is uh, still out injured. He got, in, he got injured in the international series and he's probably going to be out for the, the rest of the season. And, you know, he was playing so well for, for Ireland. It's unfortunate. He is he's, he's going to be a big loss to color
1: That's it. And finally, moving on to the, uh, the Ireland camp. What a, what a sweet one. Uh, I'm sure it was a game that you were, you were delighted to be at uh Ireland versus England. Looking at the game, I suppose first off, England had the start that Ireland would have wanted. But you know, the, uh, in fairness, Ireland didn't. The, the heads didn't go down. They 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 just kept working at it, working at it, and then the their kind of moments came here and there. And then the then they, they kind of you know with the the penalty from uh from Johnny Sexton as well. And then they kind of they kind of took it from there. But um, you, you know, the key thing was they didn't let the heads drop. The se- the uh, mental strength was there, and they worked through it through the match, which was great to see from Connacht. And that is the true mark of. Um, obviously, you know, the the players and the management would have said, you know, as they always do, you know, uh, maybe there's there's plenty of things to work on ahead of the World Cup. But uh, you know, that's a That comeback was was great to see, and uh, the mental strength will uh, will will show up well for the World Cup, hopefully.
2: Yes, um, you know there, there was there was a lot of riding on the, on this game on um, last Saturday. You you had the Grand Slam, which means uh, you win the championship and you also win the Triple Crown uh, as well. So you know there, there was there was a lot there, uh, and particularly uh, it, it, it was the first time they have that was the fourth Grand Slam that Ireland have won in the history of of, of rugby and. It was the first time that they were on home turf uh, to to uh, play play in the grounds for the Grand Slam, and and uh, particularly up against our old enemy uh, England as well. So there was, there was uh, you're correct, uh, Aidan, Like they, they were very nervy at the beginning. Uh, they made a lot of a lot of mistakes. Uh, mistake they probably made more mistakes, I'd say, in the first twenty minutes than they made in all the the previous uh, Championship games. So. Uh they got that out of the system as you say. But at ten nine, well into the second half, you know, things were still there. England were there. England weren't playing rugby, they were kicking they were kicking ball back at Ireland, they were disrupting Ireland, they were up fast on um, on our back line. So they weren't giving us much room. But eventually it came and eventually it came uh, with uh, our own at uh, lone man, uh, Robbie Hinshaw getting in for uh, a great try. Um, great to see him back, the, isn't it? It's great to see him back. Uh, it's lovely to see Robbie, I'd say. Uh, I'd say Robbie never thought, you know, the way things were going, um, that that he could get into the team uh, before the, the last two Six Nations games. And great to see him playing a full game. And, and, and as you say, to be, be back playing rugby at that, at that level. Uh, and then the, the two Sheehan tries, the hooker, uh, fantastic. So at that stage... We were we could all settle back in our seats again and, and enjoy the game, but you know we were we were tense. We were on the edge of our seats. But I can honestly tell you that the atmosphere in in Dublin, in the restaurants and uh, the the pubs, uh, going down to the game in the ground, uh, it was unreal. And you know, nearly all the uh, Irish and a lot of the English uh, stayed on. Uh, for the presentation, for the team walking around the pitch, and all people didn't just want to leave the stadium. They were all so happy and uh, delighted, uh, delighted for the players, delighted for the coaching team and management, delighted for their families. You know, it was a it was a great occasion, and uh, you know, it was great for a, a lot of people to 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 witness. I I I'm fortunate that that was my third Grand Slam to be at to be present at. So. Uh, you know, great, great to be there. But it was really enjoyable to to, to win it in in the Aviva, and uh, and again uh, we followed that up um, in the following day. The following day in Cork, our under twenties um, uh, showed great character again to come out and win the Grand Slam for the under twenties. For you know, they're two years in a row now, and. You know a great a, a great crowd of lads um, that were were put together uh, there, and you know it's um, the under twenties is slightly different, and it shows that Joe Murphy has done a great job with them as manager, and they they have, you know, they're a team there that yeah you, you can have most of them there for for only one year, and then they move on. So uh, it it takes a while to put a put the whole jigsaw together to have them all playing. After one him sheet and playing together, but this under-20 team improved as as the tournament uh, went on. They they did it slightly different than than they uh, than their senior colleagues. They they went out out of the blocks very early, built up a good lead, and then they they sort of rested on their laurels, and England came back at them, and uh, they had to to to. Uh, get into a, another gear again to get back into the game I'm, you know, gladly that they came out on top so, you know, it, it shows you know a good lot of good young lads and I'm told that there's another good string of in the under-19s coming along as well for Ireland at the moment so, you know, there's a lot of talent there I mean, you know, like let's hope that, that these will be challenged into the professional game at, at, at various levels and that they won't be lost to the game
1: that's it, and I suppose really with, uh, with 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 Ireland as well. You know the match last Saturday, and well, uh, and fair play to the under twenty ones as well. But um, you know, it, it it wasn't just an ordinary match. There was a lot into it. I suppose it wasn't just a, it it was a it was a, a part of history as well uh, for the IRFU for the players for the management and uh, you know there there is always that rivalry between Ireland and England but I, I, it's not a nasty rivalry it's more of a good spirited um, rivalry as well and as you said the atmosphere and everything was was great at it but I think for those at it they, they realised that they were there and they were a part it was part of history as well so the uh, the significance wasn't lost on, on it which was great to see
2: yeah, uh, the, the the English supporters are absolutely fantastic, and the, you know it's a it's a healthy it's a healthy uh, uh, thing between the uh, Ireland and England in 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 the in the in the rugby circle, and uh, you know the I have great friends um, in 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 the rugby circle within England, and uh, you know they're great supporters. They they were. Uh, you know, felt that they were the better team. They were delighted uh, in one way for us that we did with the Grand Slam. They, you know, they they haven't been playing uh, well all season. So their their management has a, a big uh, job to do between now and the World Cup. Now, they're they're in a lot easier draw in the World Cup uh, than we are. We are in the very hard section of the group. Uh, their 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 biggest uh, uh, obstacle would be Australia, but where we have... The the likes of uh, South Africa, Scotland, France, uh, to you know as big teams to to overcome. So, um, the, you know it's going to be it's going to be a hard call for for Ireland. But I suppose if you're to win a World Cup uh, in you're going to have to beat the, the the best in the game, and uh, that's it. And hopefully that is a lot of players. Uh, you know that they they have a lot of rugby yet to play. In the, Champions Cup and so on. A lot of the players is uh, 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 from Leinster, and needless to say that Leinster will probably be up there or thereabouts to to, to be in the final of the of the of the Urban Cup again. So uh, there there is going to be a lot of rugby uh, before next September comes around for the World Cup. But you know. Um, Andy Farrell is doing a, a fantastic uh, job with them. He seems to uh, gel a whole lot uh, with them. With Mike Cat, with with Paul O'Connell, uh, Simon Eastbury, the the whole squad seems to be very well united. And it seems to me nearly like a, a family atmosphere because you could see all the wives and their kids and all coming onto the Viva Stadium uh, and onto the pitch and that are after the game. So, like that's what they have created. And Let's hope that that will help them go into the World Cup.
1: And finally, I suppose we will uh, we'll give the uh, the women's Six Nations you just said there. That's starting, I think this weekend um, it's great to see because I mean a, a couple of years ago they were really inspiring uh, girls at, at a young age to to take up their rugby. OB. Now obviously things kind of tapered off and the, they didn't qualify for the World Cup and different things like that. So um, this is a, an ideal starting point for them to to start to start again and hopefully they can go on that great run that they went on uh, five or six years ago where they, you know, wh- where they blitzed. Uh, they did really well in the likes of the Six Nations and w- were in World Cups and things like that, that, you know, that they can get back to that, uh, th- to that kind of level again.
2: Yeah, this is a whole rebuilding for a lot of this team. Uh, 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 in You know, it's a lot, a lot of young players, a lot of new players in, involved in the squad. And, uh, we had new management uh, in for the first time with them as well, so um, you know we we'd like to see that they w- they would um, t- you know do well against Wales. <coughs> the two big ones would be England and France, but like you would like to see that they could maybe uh, get wins over Wales and Scotland. So we ha- we just have to see how, how how they go. It's in it's in Cardiff. Uh, this Saturday, um, so uh, um, we we just look forward to the the, the uh, you know their Six Nations now just uh, kicking in and they they decided that they run it uh, at a separate time uh, to the the main Six Nations in order to try and get more promotion, more coverage. Um, they felt that they lost out um between the, the the men's game at senior and under twenty level. So um hopefully that this works for them. It's the, it's a new strategy. This is the second year that it has ran this way. So uh we'll see how it goes uh in.
1: Let's say then I suppose you just mentioned there about uh, you know their first game is uh, is in Cardiff uh, against Wales obviously um traditionally over the years I suppose that has it been a good hunting ground for um for, for uh for the Ireland, the Ireland's women team to visit, or as it always be, I think you know for the men's, it's usually a a tough place to go. Um, you know, in Cardiff for the Six Nations, but how how is it for the the women's? Is it is it a tough? Uh, place? Well, you
2: know, would be would be almost pretty even. Uh, you know uh, against Wales, there wouldn't be a, there wouldn't be a lot in it. Uh, in you know, and uh, you know, this is what they'd be hoping that uh, they would do it know there. They, they, unfortunately, they're going to be missing some of their top players. Uh, that's involved with the sevens, so uh, there's a, um, a number of players there that won't be able to play with them uh, because they're away on on the sevens tournament at the moment. So that's, uh, you know, that's the way the way it is. It gives an opportunity uh, for other girls and other girls to get a cap and uh, and and to show um, what what they're made of, and that's in increasing the squad and increasing women's rugby um, in, in improving women's rugby across all the clubs in the provinces and into the international team
1: That's it and uh, we'd l- just like to wish the, uh, the Ireland uh, ladies team all the best against Wales in Cardiff at the weekend and of course for their, uh, their whole Six Nations campaign so listen thanks very much for taking the time out to do uh, Rugby View with us, Adrian. And we look forward to uh, talking about uh, the Ireland Ireland ladies team next week and uh, and all the other usual
2: stuff. So we'll talk to you again next week. And hopefully, we'll have another cup there uh, maybe to bring to the studio that there next weekend. Oh, we that's we
1: will be looking forward to. Uh, we'd be looking forward to that, and maybe you know some of the listeners might like to come in and have a photo taken. I might, um, you, you know, we will see we we'll see what we can do on that. It'd be a it be a nice opportunity to see some nice two or three. Uh, well, at least two nice cups anyway. Hopefully, three by the time the weekend is over. So that's great. We look forward to. Uh, we look forward to seeing that, and uh, we look forward to uh, talking to you again next week.
2: Thank you very much,
1: Ian. Thanks very much. And that's Adrian Letty from Craig's Rugby Club, talking all things rugby. Hello, everyone. How are you doing? And you're very welcome to this. You're very welcome back to Friday Sport with myself, Aidan Rafferty, and the show, as always, kindly sponsored by um, Best Drive here in Roscommon Town. And uh, yes, as we know, Roscommon, were unfortunately bet by Kerry uh, down in Tralee at the weekend. And of course, there's a, a big match. And this weekend in Dr High Park, where we finish off our league campaign against Donegal, uh, can they win us is the winners now is the big thing? You know, it's um, a lot of people have, have, uh, think maybe you know. Well, Donegal, Donegal are gone anyway, uh, regardless of the result on Sunday. But and Roscommon are safe as well. By virtue of that, uh, th- thanks to uh, I suppose Donegal's um, results so far. But uh, to t- to look back at last Sunday, last Saturday's game, and to look ahead to the Donegal game, we have former Roscommon senior football goalkeeper uh, Raylan. Hello, Ray. How are you? Are you well.
3: Good, Ed, thanks very much. I'll go. Thank you.
1: Great to have you on board again. Yeah, um, you know, we we were saying here on the show last week, the thing we were looking for over the last couple of games would be uh, more so a performance than a result. Um, You know, there were six. um, Kerry were six points up before uh, before Roscommon registered their first um, their first point. I suppose, really, that could be due to like, trying to get to grips with first and foremost uh, David Clifford I mean they got a goal uh, as part of those as part of, part of those scores as well but I suppose you know they were losing at half time but came out in the second half and they had a they had a really good 10-15 to 15 minutes there in the start to the second half and um, you know look it, 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 they lost by 3 points but uh, there could have been a penalty there at the end and it could have been a draw but uh, I was looking at myself and I for for my for my um eyes anyway it looked like it should have been a penalty.
3: Um, that was the biggest I know people overlooked it because it happened so late on. But Roscomman in my opinion, I'm not one for to be like given out or whing about scores that weren't given or freeze weren't given or whatever, but I certainly believe Roscommon war um not given a penalty that should have been given. Yeah. And the reason the reason you just saw the body language of the carry number twenty three or twenty five that actually stuck out his leg and brought down Cian McKeown he turned around immediately to look at the referee with his two arms out and if ever it was body language displaying uh, um, uh, me a culpa it was me and it was a penalty yeah. that was it and uh, I think Aidan if there was such a thing as VAR in Gaelic Football and I don't want to go down that road obviously it's not going to come into Gaeli Football for a long long time anyway but I think if there was a video assistant referee or a TMO as you have in rugby I think Riscarmon would have been coming out with three with a point they could have been getting that, that was a stone in my opinion it was a penalty I think the referee I, I don't know why uh, I'm not criticising Derek O'Manee It's a good game but I certainly thought that, that was a penalty mm. and uh, I think Kerry were very very lucky to get away with it but Aidan again we spoke last week about getting the performance yes but the first thing we spoke about last week was starting the game well yeah. concentrating focus keeping it tight at the back didn't happen not exposed to spaces yeah. and in reality Aidan the game was over after 10 minutes because yeah. Kerry, Kerry had hit us with the 1-3 salvo and it uh, was uphill when you were, we, we talked about a uh, cauldron that Austin Sixth Park would be it's a bit like Liverpool I, I use the analogy of Liverpool in the European night looking for a result they'll go after a team in the first 5 minutes Aidan and they'll try and get and they've often done it getting a couple of goals early on so what Kerry got was the equivalent of 2 goals so we're yeah. 2-0 down after, 10, after 7 or 8 minutes and we're, the best we could do was take catch-up the best we could do was try and chip away with that lead because of the wherewithal all Kerry have and they did that Roscombe did well, did well to chip away with it five down and a half time brought it back to within three and uh, as you said the purple patch in the, mid, the middle of the second half is very good however the concentration at the beginning of the game is so vital you see teams and they're so slow to start if you, if you, if you look at it if this was a 100 metre sprint between two good runners and you give your opponent a five metre start you're only playing and you know, you're only you're and, and, and somebody who's really, really good, given five ten metre start, you have no hope of winning. So the best Roscommon could have done was try and chip away, keep going with the performance and get a result, maybe a draw. And they were unlucky, like the Mayo game, could have got a draw in the Mayo game, but again, Aiden, that start that we gave Meo seven points mm. in the first ten minutes, give Kerry one three, six points. And I'm sure Roscommon will learn from that and won't let it happen again on Sunday. You need to keep it tight at the beginning of the game. Yeah. Make sure your body's back. Don't leave the space, especially when you've got probably an ace predator like uh, David Clifford up there. Yeah. Um, the other thing as well, I thought maybe, you know, he got a lot of space to come in. You know, maybe, I'm not ultra-critical, but I think the keeper should have charged him, Aiden. you know, he should have come out at him uh, rather than wait for the shot. I think, you know, it's a keeper and you know yourself. Mm. And again, I'm not. it might be ultra-critical, but this is... My own opinion that when you're a one on one with a, 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 a forward like that and you have nobody you know, to put pressure on them, the only thing you could do is charge the kick and narrow the angle as much as you can. And mm.
1: make, it, make it, it as difficult possible. as possible,
3: yeah. Yeah, yeah. So you give, you give uh, the choice of shooting left uh, to, to the bottom uh, right hand corner. So what I would say there is, and again, it's only a constructive thing, once you're one on one with a, with a, a forward and getting football, the forward is the favourite to score. There's no question about that standing on the line or standing static and trying to put your arms out make yourself big it won't work you have to charge the guy I've seen so many keepers do it and I know myself that the, if you charge that, that, that attacker it sort of spooks the forward the closer you're getting to the forward the narrower the angle is getting but you can't leave a, a forward with a full shot at the goal but now it's not the keeper's fault he was exposed yeah. by, by, if, you look at the, if you look at our defensive structure for that moment Kerry opened us up we had about 4 or 5 guys out nearly 10 yards in front of the kicker Tony brodnan and you know whereas we needed those guys in in front of the goals nearly you know mm. with, 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 with that, but that's an area I'm sure the, the management will look at and see how can we rectify that and not allow ourselves to be pulled you know out of the danger area and allow Kerry to, to exploit the space because the one thing is you don't want to give a player like David Clifford a space And uh, but Aidan credit to Roscommon, you have to admire them the way they kept at it do you see Jack O'Connor's um, analysis response he said, "A decent team, very fit, physical, and never going to die." It, is, it has been a bit hairy there in the last five minutes. But overall, we deserved it. He said, "We've been talking about a common. never going to die, physically, technically fit, but we expect them to come and give the performance, give it everything." And this is a team that, since the beginning of this national season, This team has performed really, really well and uh, you know it's a team I I keep saying it it's a team that the fans can be really proud of and the way they're performing giving everything for the jersey but it's just getting that start right and uh, yeah, uh, I think uh, that's
1: the only thing really that they have to really kind of brush up on because they have everything else and I mean you know there is that difference between the league and championship you know against we we've seen how well uh, how how well Mayo have played in the league if they carry like we have them next up you know after the Donegal game i should say a, a very quick turnaround after the Donegal game against uh, when, when we when we're playing uh, Mayo and uh, you know you'd like to think i mean you know, the, uh, for, for me, looking at the, the uh, Mayo game and the Kerry game, there were kind of carbon copies of one another in like the start and maybe a couple of other things. The only difference maybe is, uh, you know, Conor Carroll back in goal again. Um, some so It was an interesting team selection as well, but... Um, we, we were saying about Brian Stack in full back um, how do you feel he did and also the midfield obviously we've seen uh, a few changes to the midfield one once or twice uh, maybe in the league what do you thought? because they are two key positions yeah I, th- I
3: thought Brian Stack was fantastic you know yeah. just it's just like uh, Brian um, the goal he was caught um, the ball was played over his head it was an exquisite pass don't get me wrong yeah. well, Tony said a wonderful pass but Aidan if you give a good player time and space to can pass at any level of football be it rugby Gaelic football soccer they're going to pick out the players You're not; these guys are playing for Kerry they're going to pick out a guy uh, you know with, in four, within 40 yards with a, with a pass leave it on a plate for them and that's what he did he, let, he left it over mm. right back's head like, you could be curious, like, you could be saying why aren't we marked teak tight early on why aren't we man-marking like for me I'm from old school and I'd be saying first few minutes man-mark don't give any space don't be into this zone, of, zone of marking where you bring bodies back, fellas mark zones, and rather rather than marking individuals. I, I see that happen sometimes, but I don't agree with that. I think that's okay later on in the game when the game opens up. But in the first five, ten minutes, Eden, the last thing you want to do is concede a goal. And it was a, it was, a, it, was a, it was the worst start that was coming. Could have dreamed of going down there like yeah. when we spoke about last week. Keep it tight at the back uh, and, and try and avoid. Concede nearly like we did against Mayo seven in a row, and we we're standing off our men against Mayo. We we're giving fellas the freedom of Hyde Park to shoot. Even the first score, I think Sean Carr uh, had a, James Carr had a Phil McDonough or whatever. James Carr had about you know about ten yards of space before he got the ball. You know what I mean? Yeah. you Can't afford that at that level. You got to be tight. And uh, but in on the positive side, uh, coming, you know, the, the management, fair play to them. They needed we need the physicality. And we brought in Keith Doyle, you know, and he, he did make a difference in the middle of the field. I, I'd have thought, Eden, why he didn't bring Indus Smith to midfield, because the last time we are going to be carried down with Arnie in 2016, Indus Smith was midfield and he just, uh, he was man of the match. He won every ball in the middle of the field. Uh, he was up against Santi Maher, I think, and David Moore at the time. I remember being at the game. he was outstanding. Maybe you could try him for for even a, a period of time in the game when, 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 when things aren't going our way. Now, the other thing Aiden has said Conor Cox gave an unbelievable performance, he was fantastic. Mm. Aaron Craig, come on, take the great score. You know, these are these are great ideas, great things to see from our players. Cox got them way out. Craig the same, and uh, give credit to our forwards. And then give credit to Kieran and Jeremy Burke. So what they said to me, Dad, watching the game last week. What great performers they have been for Scammon. Yeah, you exactly. Know? Yeah. You know, like, like when we needed scores, in yeah, kept rattling off the frees, and then a couple from play and everything. They're they're just great, reliable players and they're, they did their job and you can't ask any more of that and i just thought wow these guys are great performers for us common dearman and cairdon deserve great great credit and uh, they drew us back into the game with those steady freeze i know they might look easy but like they're good to regular, literally. so dearman and Cairden brought us back into the game with those points young craig came on got a smashing point as well as Connor cox the only thing he didn't and i said this before as well there in the first half there was a period of time where we were just kicking the ball over and back the field. We need an outlet I think, in the Edge of the Square, a big man. I think we need we need a target man, and I keep saying, I keep repeating, all the top counties, Aidan, they have big target men. Aidan O'Shea, you know, he he, he had a great game against Tony Gallah full forward last week. Our man Ryan O'Neill, I know he's out injured now for the championship for a few weeks, but he still is a great target man. And like Clifford is there in the full forward. Like Dublin have unearthed this guy Killian O'Gar, he was fantastic last week against mm. uh, against Mead, you know. So Roscommon Aidan. I think we need something at somebody at the edge of the square that can give us an extra dimension because there's only so long you can play the ball around 50, 60 yards out from goal if you're not taking a shot. You just have to deliver that ball in. You have to get it in there. And then hopefully we catch it catch it or, or, or corner forward get it and get a score off it. And we have shown last year in the Connacht final with Andy Glennon and Conor Daly when they went up we scored we really did cause goal with a lot of difficulty in when the ball was landed in high and I think high ball is an option that we should be looking at to see if we've got anybody in the county who yeah. in there next to the target man just to mix things up even to change tactically to put somebody in there but uh, other than that you have to say we're Congratulations to the team on a wonderful absolutely from and our, the
1: coaching you know, and, and, and everything management. yeah
3: absolutely brilliant yeah. and uh, you know we